This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, October 17th. Yeah, it is. This is episode 224. When are we switching back to Fridays? Uh, November. Fuck. November? It's like three weeks away. Oh, okay. Is it the beginning of November? It's, uh, it's after like, the, I think it's the second week. Huh. Might be second, yeah. Okay. I'll have to check the calendar for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. So not much longer on the Wednesdays, which will be good because I changed my shift at work to now I start work at six in the morning to better match my coworkers who are all on the East Coast. Mm Yes. Yeah. So we'll do one Wednesday recording in November and then we go to Friday. Okay. That'll be good. Yay. Yay for us and uh, all the people. My one day break that month. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you guys? I, I got my, my basement bar almost done. Yay. I saw the pictures of that. Yeah. The, the copper colored countertop. Yeah. And did the, the, uh, the bar display inside of the old window. Yeah. Is that up to code? Is that okay? There's two other windows in the basement. Oh. Okay. In that room. Okay. So, yes. Okay. So there were three windows. Now there's two. So there's a, a second means of egress out of that area. <laughs> so, yes, it is up to code. Oh, good. Oh, good. And you? Um, I put it, we got our new countertops too in our kitchen. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. You had, you'd said you had broken the other one when you were taking the sink out or something. Well, we were going to replace it anyway, but yeah. Yeah. I broke it. Is much gooder. Yeah. Oh, good. Anything else? No. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I changed my shift at work and went and saw Neil deGrasse Tyson last night. That was good. Lucky. It was really interesting. Uh, he, well, he's always an interesting dude. He's yeah. fun to listen to. He's because he's so excited about everything he does mm-hmm. and about science and space and stuff. But uh, as we were walking into the show, I noticed that there was a proud boy. Ah, oh. like standing. He was just in front of me as we're going through security to get in. Like he was there to see Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I was. I I can't seem to put that together in my mind. Yeah. So he was a proud, proud boy wearing his proud boy regalia. Oh yeah, he was wearing the the Perry shirt with the yellow piping and skinny jeans and his fucking work boots and had the had the cut that's really really short on the sides and long on top. Yeah, and yeah. I I still. Like, if he wasn't a Proud Boy, then he's the guy that the Proud Boys have based their <laughs> uniform on for some reason. But, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why a Proud Boy would have been going to see Neil deGrasse Tyson unless, well, clearly all the Proud Boys are just fucking confused dummies anyway. Incels. Like, no. Basically. Did you, uh, did you happen to see, it was last year, I don't know if I talked about it on here or not. Where uh, a group of the, because 
Okay, so start off. In order to reach the highest rank of being a proud boy, mm-hmm. you have to get it tattooed on you. I thought that, well, I know there's like four ranks. Yeah. I remember I going on the their website. the highest one was that you had to like get in an altercation with, so I don't know. There's four different well, things. Like at, you, you have to first say you're a proud boy. And then yeah, you have to be like. Declared on all social medias and stuff. And it's then you got to be like fucking rules. beaten in while reciting serial names, some I bullshit. And then, well, they, they changed their, their stuff. Oh, yeah. That, what is it now? Well, that, that might have been the old one because when I saw it, I didn't see any beat-ins or anything like that on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the, to enter the next stage yeah. or whatever the fuck. It's well, like, one of the state, one of the higher stages of becoming a proud boy is to get it tattooed on you. Uh, so there's a group of proud boys that were going to a tattoo shop in Salt Lake. Uh, the guy knew what the symbol he wanted tattooed on him was and told him, get the fuck out of my tattoo shop. I don't want you in here. Nice. So they took a photo. All the Proud Boys got in front of the the, the place and are standing there with the guy's logo in the background. You can see the, the owner in the window flicking them off. <laughs> flicking them oh, off? Oh, yeah, giving them the finger right through the fucking window <laughs> as they're taking a photo outside. And they put it on Facebook and say, everyone needs to ban this, this, this tattoo shop, horrible service. They wouldn't let us go in and get any tattoos done. From the same group who's all about First yeah. Amendment rights yeah. and freedom the, of speech. The and, owner yeah. gets on there and goes, I'm not giving you a fucking tattoo because you're racist. This little pricks and starts talking about it, <laughs> but then it started going viral, and everyone's oh, yeah. like, "Oh no!" Proud going to the Proud Boys Facebook page, go, "Oh no, I'll be sure to give them business now because they won't serve your assholes." <laughs> so that backfired horribly on them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't understand the whole deal with Proud Boys. They're just because it's like lonely, fucking socially inept dummies. You're, you're who then get to be, together and they can all be yeah. socially inept dummies together. You're supposed to be proud to be white and mm-hmm. misogynistic. Yeah. That's the whole point behind the Proud Boys. Yeah, you're you're a white male chauvinist yeah. and that's somehow a desirable and thing. Racist in a way, because I think it's only white people are allowed in the group. Oh I, yeah. I don't think they allow any ethnic diversity in Proud Boys. Oh yeah. And uh so yeah, you're, it's almost like it's it's like a it's the hipster uh, white supremacist group. Yeah, well, and it was started by what Gavin McGinnis. Yeah, well, he's he he helped co-found Vice News and stuff. Yeah, but Do isn't he also are, Canadian? Uh, I think he was born in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's got some horrible misogynistic but he's not with Vice News anymore. He doesn't do anything with Vice News anymore. Oh no, yeah. He's they, been gone from Vice News for a long time. I think since like two thousand eight or something like that. He was he was probably because pushed of the shitty fucking views and Vice News is like, no, this is not what we're about. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I don't I don't get it. Other than it's clearly a bunch of misguided dummies who are are really it's, craving some social interaction and so they find other people who they can well, have some sort of social interaction with and they vent their anger and frustration about being fucking losers but they can be losers together. Oh, and they they've they've gained steam with the uh, age of Trump. Oh, yeah, definitely. We so. were they a thing before that? I think they've been around for a while, but it was a very small little niche group that the that that Gavin guy started. Yeah, I was surprised to see that there are Proud Boy groups here in Utah. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, with the culture of Utah with Well, yeah. 
Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I guess I, I shouldn't have been surprised. That's I like guess you, is more it's like if you said, accurate. oh, I'm surprised to see someone flying a Confederate flag on the back of their truck in Utah. I'm like, nah, yeah. not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised one bit to see that shit. Hmm. Well, we've got some fun stuff coming up. Matt's got another another story or two for us. True mm. stories. Ooh, true stories tonight. True scary mm. stories. And uh, we'll be talking about some news. Uh, some some other heinous fuckery that's going on, and maybe some good stuff sprinkled in there too. Doubt we'll find it. some good stuff. Oh, Doubt sure. May, well, we can try. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sean McCraney, and uh, just want to invite you to check out our website at www.hotm.tv. And we've got a bunch of information on there. One of the shows you might be interested in is Christianarchy Today. It's a weekly, really short show that we do about. Uh, we tell people, if you think you know Christianity, you're probably wrong. Check out that show, and uh, you're listening to The Godless Revolution. There were a number of things that really bothered them. Number one, they were ticked off that I kept saying, I don't know. They have this mindset that programmed them as to what to expect in this debate. We're claiming God exists and God did it and this is the answer, and you're here to say that that's false and there's some other answer. And if ever they asked things like, do you have an explanation for consciousness? No. You don't? Well, tell me how this happened. I don't know. I'm not convinced any of us know. You're the one claiming to have an answer. Would you like to provide the evidence and the argument to support your actual answer? And if, you're, if I find it compelling, then I'll agree with you. But my lack of an answer doesn't make your answer correct. This is the mindset of the creationists that go through and try to poke holes in evolution. And even if they poked holes so much that evolution ceased to be a concrete theory, they're not one step closer to proving creationism is true. And man, they got mad. By the third night, I think, uh, Israel, the, the gentleman I was debating, said, well, every time we ask Matt a question, he just says, I don't know, which is a bit of an exaggeration because there were a lot of things that I did provide my answers for. And the main preacher came up to me at one point and said, doesn't it bother you? Doesn't it bother, are you happy going to your grave not knowing the answers to these questions? No, I'm not. None of us are. We are all uncomfortable with this idea of not knowing. And that's why we have science. That's why we go out and try to find what the actual damned answer is. I... It's not that I'm comfortable not knowing, it's that I'm more uncomfortable pretending that I know. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. I'm a nurse in a small city. I was driving home from work at 2 a.m. and the roads were totally deserted. I don't live far from work, only a couple of miles. I was driving down a residential street around the corner from my house and saw a man lying face down in the street. I was coming off a long, a long shift and falls happen all the time. My first thought was I gotta help this guy up. As I slowed down the car, I suddenly realized it could be a dangerous move. I thought I should do something to help the guy, so I called 911 as I drove past him and slowed at a stoplight near the end of the block. While I was stopped, I explained to the dispatcher that there was a man in the road who might need assistance. On the driver's side window, I screamed and looked over. 
A man was pounding on my window and jiggling the handle of my locked car. I looked in the rearview mirror and saw that there was nobody laying in the street. Still on the phone with 911, I screamed, I'm so scared, to the dispatcher and floored it through the red light. I quickly told him what had happened, and even though I was right by my house, he told me to keep driving. After a few minutes, I calmed down, and he told me to loop back around. I pulled over down the road from my house and stayed in the car. I didn't see the man anywhere, so I got off the phone with the dispatcher, who told me he was sending a police car to cruise the area. As I gathered up my things, I did a final scan of the area, and I saw the man. He was walking with two other men. I hunched way down in my car until they were far down the road, then bolted into my house. I don't know if he had ill intent, but it freaks me out that he wasn't alone. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. I love when I see young people standing up for their rights as a secular person here in the United States, particularly here in Utah. Yeah, where a lot of those rights don't seem to be guaranteed. No, they're they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be. But yeah, yeah, that doesn't always happen here in our pretty great state, as the slogan used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that was the stupidest fucking slogan. I'm glad they got rid of it. It's a pretty, it was supposed to be pretty, comma, great state, but I don't think they ever even included a comma necessarily. Great state? It's a pretty great state. Now, I I like Utah, but we have some problems with the uh, dominant religion here in the state. But uh, I was encouraged and happy to see this story in uh in the friendly atheists blog on patheos mm-hmm. uh, this is dated october 4th it says the, st- the secular student alliance just got its first middle school chapter now the 12 year old student bailey harris has begun one at open classroom charter school in salt lake city utah if that name sounds familiar it's because bailey has been featured on this site for her series of stardust books exploring the universe and introducing science to children you would think that it would be the other way around. It would be introducing children to, to science. science. Yeah. Yes. Children shouldn't be the one to have to introduce science to other children. <laughs> it should be introduced to them by, like, teachers. Introducing science to children. I guess maybe that works. It's ju- it just seems, I don't know. I would have worded it the other way. Uh, anyway, no wonder the seventh grader wanted to start a group to discuss religion with her classmates. Through her father, Doug, I asked Bailey some questions about why she started the group and what she hopes to accomplish. I was told the group is currently going through the approval process, but there don't appear to be any obstacles. There's a supportive faculty sponsor, and Bailey has received overwhelming support from school staffers and other students in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. It's possible there will be some pushback later from religious students who don't think or don't understand why an atheist group should exist at their school. But Bailey is prepared for those conversations. Doug added... Bailey is most excited by the idea of creating a safe community for secular students at her school. There are so many secular students that feel they, that, that there are so many secular students that feel that they are alone and she believes that this will help them find each other and build a positive community. In Utah, religious students have very natural built-in community. Most of the high schools have a Mormon seminary building built next door to the schools and the schools allow 
release time for students to take Book of Mormon and other religion classes. She feels that having SSA on campus will help secular students feel that they are a part of something special as well. Do they really have other religious classes or just more Mormon stuff? And they didn't release. Oh, well, yeah. So release time, because we're here in Utah and they wanted it to be, you know, time for Mormon kids to go and be able to be taught more doctrine from the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. They, they knew that they couldn't just do it Mormons only. So. So it's, so it's not, it's not, you know, go study the Book of Mormon time. It's release time. And so you can sign up, you know, for release time to do something. Yeah. Something else. It doesn't have to be that you go to a seminary class led by the LDS church. Well, technically, I think you're being released from school, official school time. So there isn't a First Amendment violation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not on school property. Not technically, it's, it's, it's but adjacent it, to Yeah. Yeah. It it's I mean it it's it seems very I don't know. It, it it rides a fine line. Oh, for sure. Well, and it you know, it it is no small coincidence that the LDS church just happens to be able to purchase land right next to where they build mm-hmm. public schools here in the yeah. state of Utah. And I actually remember 4 or 5 years ago up by me in uh, uh Weber County one of the schools would, they couldn't get the land next to the school and they were all pissed and they were filing complaints about not being able to buy the land next to the school in order to erect a building for their for seminary. For seminary. Yeah. Stupids. <laughs> uh, as for discussion topics, they'll run the gamut of social political concerns the preteens are discussing anyway, like women's rights and LGBTQ rights which are difficult to debate without religion entering the conversation. The group will also be doing some charity work. More power to her if she can get it off the ground and running. Incidentally, Bailey's not the only young student working to begin a group at her school. Several years ago, a junior high student in Alabama attempted to do the same, but he had very little support and was blocked from forming the group until he entered high school. Hmm. Because, you know, the age of accountability is eight, but... You're not really a, a valid and thinking person until you're at least in high school. Or you've gone through communion and all that good stuff and you've given your life to the Lord. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those contradictory things that are taught by religion yeah. all the time. Like, you're accountable now. You've reached eight years old. Clearly, you, you know the difference between right yep. and wrong and good and bad. And You're eight. Here's a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Here's some booze. And <laughs> go off to war. You're accountable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, being that she's here in Utah, I thought it might be good to see if we could maybe get her and her father on the show. Yeah. And they wrote that book, Stardust, which would be kind of cool to talk about as well. Because, yeah, we want her father here, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it would just, I think it would be a fun show to talk to them. I'll have to reach out and see if we can get them in here. If not in studio, then at least for an interview, that'd be, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I hope, I hope that earns you a demotion with the two skeptical chaps that you're even thinking about having a 12 year old girl in the studio by herself. When did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) That didn't even cross my mind until you were like, yeah, we definitely want her dad too. (laughs) Well, because he said her and her father. I'm like, yes, definitely bring the dad Mm because she can't drive. Mm. Mm. And we get done late. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and the last thing we want is a young girl walking home in the dark. 
Uh-huh. You know what society's like nowadays. That's All terrible. All proud boys walking around. Yeah. They're fucking stupid shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have some news items for us tonight, Matt? Oh, sure. What be they? Oh, let's go with this one. Okay. I'm excited. On November the 7th, asteroid 2015TB145. They couldn't have given it an easier name? No, they couldn't. Uh, Will be (laughs) closest to Earth at a distance of 40 million kilometers. Uh, This comes from Business Insider Deutschland also. Ah. Uh, With two craters that give the asteroid the appearance of a skull, it's been dubbed the Halloween asteroid. I've heard about this. While the creepy looking asteroid has an ominous appearance, there's little threat of it colliding with us, uh, according to the European Space Agency. Uh, But, you know, if it does, we'll just have Space Force take care of that. Well, did you say, how many kilometers did you say away? 40 million. million. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that it's like really not at all likely that it would. Well, and and the space. That's halfway to the sun almost. Yeah. It's a long distance. I mean, it's the closest it's going to get to us, they say. So. Avid astronomers and lovers of all things spooky will be excited this year to hear that the return of asteroid that (laughs) name is due just after Halloween. According to NASA, the dead comet was first discovered in Hawaii on October 31st, 2015. Um, Probably discovered from Hawaii. Yeah. Do you know what What? the difference between a live comet and a dead comet? That's what I was just going to say is that I bet it has to do with their orbit. I bet it has to do with how much materials evaporating off of it. Yeah, that would be my guess is, yeah. How much, how much stuff has fallen off of it that it's ejecting? Mm-hmm. But because I don't know. I thought like a difference between like a comet and a asteroid. No, yeah, because those are common asteroids. One has a, a predictable. One of them's on your butt and the other you used to clean up sinks. I can't remember. I know there's, you know, it's a meteorite when it goes through an atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that the orbit is the, di- is the difference. I thought between like meteorite. No, not meteorite, but asteroid and comet had to do with their... Which one is predictable in your mind? Because they know about Hale-Bopp and Halley's comets. They know the, they know when those are going to be close. Well, yeah, they know what, when they're going to be close, but it has to do... I thought like their, the pattern they take to their orbital pattern or whatever their loop they make. I think it has to do with the tail. Do you? Yep. Okay. And I just don't know either way. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I would guess. It's a dead comet. Yeah. Right. So it's no longer off-gassing? Right. Or on-gassing. Mm. Nothing. It's dead. Um, other than that, there's nothing particularly unusual about the asteroid apart from its two surface craters that give it the appearance of the skull. Uh, though yep. it passed... Huh? I was going to say, have you seen the photos of it? Yeah, it looks yeah. pretty cool. Though it passed Earth three years ago at a distance of about 500,000 kilometers... It isn't actually a danger to us. 500,000 kilometers. That's way closer. Yeah, it is. It isn't listed among the European Space Agency's list of potentially risky asteroids, and so it's unlikely to collide with Earth in the next 500 years. Due to its considerable distance from us, it can also only be seen from Earth as a moving point in the sky. Sven Melchert, chairman of Germany's Amateur Astronomers Association, explained... To the Welt, I don't know what that is. What's the Welt? Uh, probably some science group. That's how they say world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will explain it to the Welt. <laughs> <laughs> that the skull-like appearance of the asteroid looks uh, scary. 
Are you sounding it out? Is <laughs> only a result of I had to rewrite that in my head a little bit. Oh, okay. it, was, it was only a result of reconstructed radar observations. Uh, with an orbit of three years and 17 days, uh, it probably won't pass Earth again until 2021, by which point it probably will have moved even further away from our planet. Okay. Hmm. You said off-gassing, and that reminded me that I fucking forgot one of the most important things that has happened over the last week. Is Did you a- shit your pants? No, we adopted <laughs> yeah. a new puppy. Yeah, I was going to try to bring that up later on in the show when we needed good news. <laughs> well, it is good news. So we do have a little bit of good news. Uh, yeah, I adopted an eight-month-old uh, Splash Boston. Uh, so he's a Boston Terrier, but he's referred to as a Splash Boston because he has a lot more white mm. on him and on his head. Ah. And has two different colored eyes. He's got a blue yeah. eye and a, I don't know what fucking color the other one is. I'm colorblind. <laughs> Brown, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's not green. But he's very cute. And when you said off-gassing, it reminded me that- Because he keeps farting. Oh, my God. He's just the worst. It might be the foods you guys are feeding him getting adjusted to Well, it. It, yeah, I'm sure it's just getting adjusted to- a change in food and environment and all of that. But Jesus fucking Christ, man, you can like it. it it's so bad that it actually, if you're right there and you f- get the first whiff of it, it feels like it burns your lungs. It's so fucking terrible. Well, like you can, it's chewy. If it's meant to be, let it free. It, <laughs> the air around him is chewy when he, it's just <laughs> gross, but he's, he's, Eight months old puppy, and he's very excitable and likes to play a whole, whole lot. He won't come by me yet, though. He, well, that's good. <laughs> hey. He's, he, yeah, he's, in, and he's very cuddly when he's tired, but it takes a lot to make him tired. <laughs> well, he's eight months old. I, I think he's, I think he's made Oliver very happy because Oliver, of course, loves to play and stuff too, but. You know, I I work all day, Tracy works all day, mm-hmm. and so he's just kind of cooped up in one of our offices or he's outside doing whatever. And now he has a little buddy that he can play with a whole lot. Yeah, I, I could see the giant smile on his face as the two of them are playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we adopted him from uh, a family here locally who the guy said that they're moving out of state. And so we adopted him through the Pet Samaritan fund. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. He didn't, you know, just take, he didn't sell him on KSL or anything like that yeah. or, you know, actually worked with a pet adoption agency to go, to go through the whole process. But he's a good boy. He's very, very cute. Yeah. He's very bouncy. Oh. It jumps very high. <laughs> you got more stuff for us? Yes. Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, an Adolf Hitler costume worn to a community Halloween event in Boulder City by the son of a Clark County teacher raised an uproar that spread far beyond the confines of the Las Vegas area neighborhood. Yeah, the teacher was wearing a Nazi teacher's son. Oh, teacher's okay. Mm. Was makes- it Jeff? Was it Jeff Flake's son? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's in Arizona, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, photos of the costume consisting of brown pants, a leather coat, red armband bearing the Nazi-style swastika, and a brushed mustache went viral after being posted on social media after the Boulder, Boulder City Chamber of Commerce-sponsored Trunk or Treat event on Saturday. The reaction reaction was harsh, with commenters outraged primarily focused on the child's mother, 
identified as, well, I won't say her name, and the fact that she was a teacher at Courtney Junior High School. Um, interesting to see CCSD teacher pridefully dressing her 13-year-old as Hitler, wrote one Facebook mm-hmm. poster. Quote, these Nazi sympathizers are supposed to be educating our our kids. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think that she would have seen her son going to school at days, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, he probably didn't drive himself somewhere no. to go and get this. Probably doesn't have a whole lot of monetary means himself to go and purchase uh-uh. any kind of costume. So, yeah, mom, mom probably, probably knew that he was yeah. dressing up mm-hmm. like this. She did. She she denied that her family admires Hitler, but that said that her son needed a last minute costume and oh that's so so uh, i had to sit in the closet you know just sitting around well it's dust, my it old was, nazi uniform it was probably definitely available is what i'm saying uh, but but for me personally i don't think that using that as a costume necessarily equates to being a nazi sympathizer no no, no. it doesn't but it's in really fucking poor taste like she had to yeah. have known there was going to I, I can't understand how she wouldn't have known that there would be people upset by it i mean the only yeah. way i would dress up as like hitler would be like a zombie hitler maybe maybe okay, go for it that'd be about the only way i would even think about doing it yeah yeah from the video game call of duty with the nazi zombies hmm yeah, still no good. Well, I'm not, I didn't say it was good. I, I do a lot of stuff that's not in good taste. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, the mother says, "I'm the proud parent of the of the boy in the Hitler costume, and my son didn't mean to upset anyone. Um, he needed a last minute costume, and put and he put that together today. We don't worship Hitler or agree with what he did. And the post was later deleted. Um." <laughs> According to other members of the group who spoke with the Review Journal on condition of anonymity. Hmm. Well, they're probably, yeah, I, well, these days it's really rough. Like, if you're not anonymous and you're just trying to, you know, relate what somebody else had said, then, then you're attacked also, you know, so I can understand why they would want to remain anonymous. Well, I guess, but then then it's not that important. Then don't bring it up, right? Unless if, if you're not if you're not willing to put your name on it, then just fucking shut up. Well, maybe I misunderstood. Weren't these people just relaying to the news outlet that they had seen this post that was later deleted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what it had said, like maybe mm-hmm. the news called them and said, "Hey, did you guys see this?" And say, "Yeah, I saw it, but I don't want to have my name in the paper." Yeah, and I think that's I think that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I just think that's such that's such a pussy move to to want to remain anonymous, to not want to have. It was probably her husband. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it's so important that you have to bring that you want to bring it up, then put your name on it. If not, then shut the fuck up. Well, would that be in all circumstances or just this one? Certainly in this one. Hmm. I guess I don't understand why they should why they shouldn't say anything about it. Well, I don't understand why they would. I, it just seems like such a gutless thing. Like, yeah, I want to I want to talk about it. Yeah, put me in the paper, but don't mention who I am. Well, it's like a whistleblower type thing. You get to keep your an- anonymity. If but they're not. What are they blowing the whistle on right here? Nazis in middle school. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I, I maybe there's more to the story that you yeah, that you have in mind that that we're not aware of. But I don't. <laughs> no. I, 
I don't. I, I, I haven't kept I it from you and then started a fight about it. <laughs> uh, well, no, I don't. I'll, I don't. I, but I, so then I don't understand why you would be so upset that they chose to remain anonymous that they wouldn't want their name in the paper. Well, I just, I just think it's gutless. That's all. But what is so? What is gutless, and what do you have issue with? Well, what I'm saying is, if 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 they think it's so important that they want to reach out to the newspaper and say, yeah, this one thing. Well, what's the one thing though? What, what is your view of the thing they did? What is, what is the well, one what thing? What they're talking they about is that they, they're just mentioning that they saw the post that had been deleted. Now, did they reach out to the newspaper or did the newspaper reach out to them? Who spoke with the review journal on condition of anonymity? Yeah. So I don't know. So it could have been the newspaper could have called them and say, Hey, do you want to talk about this? And they could say, well, I'll tell you what I saw, but I don't want my name in the paper. Hmm. I mean, that could yeah, very well be the mm-hmm. case. So it's not them coming forward with it. It's a newspaper calling people from the school. Say, hey, did you see this? What do you want? Do you want to talk about it? And like, well, I'll tell you something, but just don't put my name in there. I don't want to be in the paper. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Hmm. I still think they're pansies, but. Because it, <laughs> if, if someone asked me to be in the newspaper, guess what I do? I give them a fake fucking name. I don't want to owe people ice cream. You don't want to owe people ice cream? That's a rule at the fire station. If you get in the newspaper, if your name's in print. You owe the whole fucking station ice cream. See, now, <laughs> so your punchlines would land a lot better if you if you catch everyone up before you get there. Well, no, that's the whole point. I, I got to bring you up to speed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a journey. <laughs> uh, many critics of the costume declined to comment on the record, but Helena Vesey, a 71-year-old Boulder City resident whose parents survived the Holocaust, said that she found the costume extremely offensive. Yeah, sure. See, she gave her name mm-hmm. and age. Yeah. Most people don't do that. Yeah. And she said uh, what her background was, yeah. what her issue was with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying people can't be anonymous. I just think that, I just think that it's kind of cheap, but if they're being called, that makes it, that probably makes it a little different, I guess. And that's the thing is we don't know if the newspaper called them or yeah. if they called the paper. I think if the newspaper called them and asked for something like they could say, yeah, we saw it, but I don't want my name in the paper. Don't. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, yeah. And I guess I, I'm just, I'm thinking that they may have just been concerned about their own personal safety that, you know, in today's age of, you know, people shitting on everybody doxing and everyone. stuff going viral and doxing people. Yeah. The, we, we all know somebody that, that we've spoken to at length who was stalked online and forced offline because anything they put, like they had people showing up at their house, threatening them, harassing them. Yeah, so I can understand why people would want to rename want would want to remain anonymous in different instances, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does the rest of the story say? Um, it just basically talks about that lady whose parents were in the Holocaust yeah. and how whatever blah. But of course, of course we understand why Hitler's bad. Like we oh, yeah. we, you know, we don't need the and- how that's the only thing you can think of to make a, I mean, to make a Nazi costume, it, no, it's a I, I, little I more elaborate. It. Well, no, they said it was a last minute costume they made. Did they? Yeah. So I'm like, you could have just made him a ghost, grabbed his bed sheet and cut some holes. Well, that might have been. Well, it was last minute that they put together. Yeah, that he put, put together. together. Put which that makes, together today. Did it describe yeah. what the costume was? I mean, I mean, it said. I mean, when it says last minute put together that day, it makes me think consisting of brown pants, it. leather coat, red armband, bearing the Nazi style swastika and Brussels. Yeah, I don't think they would be selling that, right? No. Yeah. So he took some stuff. I mean, but he had to physically make the. I mean, he could have mm-hmm. made any armband he wanted with a fake symbol on it. 
and said, uh-huh. oh, I'm from planet Xeonan and I'm a fighter of whatever. Yeah. You could have made anything up. I mean, yeah, it just fuck. seems weird that you would that you would go, well, I don't have a costume. So I'm going to draw a swastika and a red armband. I've got some brown <laughs> pants and a leather jacket. Well, what if he was Indiana like, well, Jones. what's the scariest thing I can think of? Yeah, yeah. You maybe know. in an innocent, stupid kid way. But then that's when the parent should step in and go, no, no, no. We can't do that and here's why. <laughs> it's It's not appropriate. Yeah. Like, we can make you Indiana Jones. We'll give you a whip and a hat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, something else. Like... As a parent, you would think that you would go, no, that's, you know, that's not a good idea. And here's why. Yeah, it's a scary thing. But the point here is that maybe it's a little too scary and it's going to offend a lot lot of people potentially. So why don't we pick something else? Yeah. Well, and also he had the brushed mustache. So they either made a fake mustache or drew one on his face with magic marker. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's just a parenting fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad parent. Yes, Terrible. Yeah. yeah. So not only were they going for a Nazi outfit, they were going for straight up Hitler with the mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking parents, man. Fucking people. Fired. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Okay. So that went well. Started out a little weird, but things really picked up. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Say what? Richard, you just told a room full of tech people that I'm a Christian. Oh, okay. But but you are, aren't you? Yes, but I told you that in confidence. I said between you and me. I'm not openly Christian. <sighs> Thanks a lot, man. You just outed me. Oh, I'm sorry, Dee Dee. I didn't... Okay. Um, should we hug? I can not make it weird this time. We can... I'm sorry, Richard. You know that my default position is blind support of whatever you do, but this was not your best moment. Guys, it can't be that big of a deal, right? Why should it be? America loves Christians. Muslims are the enemy. Well, that's true in most of America, but not in Silicon Valley, sadly. Sadly? You can be openly polyamorous, and people here will call you brave. You can put microdoses of LSD in your cereal, and, and people will call you a pioneer. But... The one thing you cannot be is a Christian. I find their theology to be illegitimate, and it's clear that they are the source of the majority of the world's problems. But fuck, Richard, even I wouldn't just out a Christian like that. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. We've talked about Stories similar to the one we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, a few different times on the show where doctors or pharmacists or whoever who works in some medical field or, or maybe not Pharmacology. even. Pharmacology. Yeah, maybe not even related to a medical field, but they refuse to help somebody. Yeah. when Because they don't agree with a moral decision the person is making or what the person who is supposed to be helping them thinks is a moral because religious liberty issue yeah yeah and so this story comes to us also from the friendly atheist blog but it's written by david gee says that a michigan pharmacist refused to provide a woman uh, medicine to help complete her miscarriage because of his own religious views now rachel peterson and the aclu have sent a letter to the grocery chain meyer Mm -hmm. where he's employed to make sure no woman has to go through that again 
An Iona woman is demanding that Meyer discipline a Petoskey pharmacist. This is, where is this, Michigan? Yeah. Is that, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> pharmacist. Uh, so an Iona woman is demanding that Meyer discipline a Petoskey pharmacist and implement a company-wide policy for how pharmacists should handle religious and moral objections to dispensing medication after she was denied a prescription to help complete a miscarriage. Rachel Peterson, 35, alleges a pharmacist at the Meyer store on Lears Road in Petoskey refused to fill her prescription for a drug called misoprostol, brand name Cytotec, in July because of his personal religious views. She also says... She says he also refused to transfer the prescription to another pharmacy. Which is fucking bullshit. Yeah, like, it's bullshit that he wouldn't serve her in the first place. It's double bullshit that he wouldn't even refer it and, to another and, pharmacy. And here's, here's the big thing. He won't prescribe this to her because he's assuming it's for her to have an abortion. Mm. She's already going through a miscarriage. But it doesn't matter because abortion is legal and this pill it is, the, you know. Well, even on his religious argument for it i know she doesn't believe in abortion well she wasn't having an abortion she's already miscarried this pill is to help let her body dissolve what's left in there that's dying and rotting yeah yeah but but the thing is a doctor's already prescribed it so be a good little pill waiter and go get the fucking things that we've got ordered (laughs) yeah uh it says misoprostol can be used to prevent stomach ulcers and can also be used to induce labor during pregnancy to aid in the completion of a miscarriage and in the treatment of postpartum hemorrhage. When combined with another drug, it can be used to induce an abortion. So, so uh, when combined so, combined with another yeah. drug. So a standalone, it's not an, an uh it's not an abortifacient. Yeah. Yeah. A woman who was likely vulnerable and suffering through an extremely traumatic experience was essentially told to suffer even more by a pharmacist who thinks abortion, even in the case of a miscarriage, is somehow an insult to God. It's even more damning that he refused to let someone else do the job he was refusing to do. The ACLU of Michigan already filed a complaint with Meyer demanding action and calling the move discriminatory, unacceptable, and even cruel. They say that the pharmacist, Richard Kalkman, told Peterson he couldn't fill the prescription because he's, quote, a good Catholic male, end quote. So, okay. When she explained that her doctors confirmed the fetus wasn't even vital. So his name is Dick Cockman. (laughs) He's a good Catholic male. (laughs) When she explained that her doctors confirmed the fetus wasn't even viable, he essentially called her a liar, saying that was just her word. Oh, Uh. Peterson was forced to leave her family vacation and drive three hours to another store to find a pharmacist who would do the job and give her the medicine before it was too late. The ACLU's assessment of the situation couldn't be more spot on. We demand prompt action from Meyer. No one should have to endure humiliation and the inconvenience of driving six hours to receive time-sensitive vital medication. Not only must Mr. Kalkman be disciplined for treating Ms. Peterson cruelly, but Meyer must implement a policy to ensure that all customers in the future receive their medication without undue delay, regardless of the personal beliefs of its pharmacists. Please do not hesitate to contact us if you have further questions. The ACLU also notes in its letter that when Peterson's mother later called the pharmacy to get Kalkman's name, he willingly shared details about the prescription with her. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. So a HIPAA violation. Yeah. Before once again suggesting Peterson was a liar. 
That's not just cruel, it's unethical, given that Peterson hadn't offered consent for him to share her medical information with anyone yeah. else. Well, and beyond beyond an ethical question, it's illegal. He That's a HIPAA yeah. violation. I think the only thing a pharmacist is allowed to do is call the prescribing doctor to make sure the medication is correct. Yeah. Just as no pharmacist should be allowed to get between a woman and a doctor because of his personal religious beliefs, no pharmacy should be allowed should be allowing that person to be the last word on the subject in any particular store. It's just adding insult to injury for patients already dealing with a difficult situation. In this case, Kalkman doesn't just hold irrational views on abortion, refusing to help a woman who already suffered a miscarriage. He doesn't seem to have basic human decency either. Yeah, what if she was getting the medication for stomach fucking ulcers, which is also what it's for? Yeah. Well, and to just assume the worst of her, well, she's just a liar. She just wants to abort it. She's probably just some slut who wants to have sex with everybody and then kill the babies. Which, okay. If you're a pharmacist. Your job is to prescribe medication a person needs because a doctor said. Not prescribe, but dispense. Dispense, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, dispense. What the doctor has already said, you need. How would he feel if someone at the sporting goods section of Walmart decided uh, to take a, uh, um, have a moral objection to selling him his gun and saying, nope, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just not going to get it for you. Like, yeah, most gun crimes are committed by white males. So uh, you say you want this for hunting. You're just lying. You're probably going to use it to kill someone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You're a liar. Do you have a gun safe? I don't believe you have a gun safe at home. You have kids. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you that you're going to keep this gun away from your kids. I'm not going to let you have it. Mm -hmm. That's fucking ridiculous that, that. Why, why is that a thing? Why are we allowing that to be a thing? You're hired to do a, to do a job. Do your fucking job. And if your religious beliefs, you know, make it so that you can't perform the duties associated with your job, then find another fucking job. I I know the answer to that question. I know the answer. Republicans. (laughs) True. True. True story. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Man, that's fucking disgusting. It is. I could go down another sidetrack on that from what I read today online, but I don't know if you want to or not. What is it? So the quick side of it, Salt Lake is making a new law where uh, animal store or pet stores, they now can't sell dogs or cats from puppy mills and cat mills. They have to sell them from the Humane Society. Or or another adoption. Uh, or place, through yeah. an adoption type place. Yeah. Well, a bunch of people were getting on and said, this is, this is a, just a direct violation of companies' rights to, to operate a business the way they want. These fucking Democrats always trying to tell people how to live their <laughs> lives and do, and do stuff a certain way. Like, if we need to get all the Democrats out of office. And I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, are you, you listening to what, what you're saying? All they're saying is the cruel industry of puppy mills is not allowed to sell their dogs at fucking Petco anymore. And you're fucking pissed saying that the Democrats are trying to control your fucking life. You know, I was thinking about <laughs> this week actually about the anti-regulation libertarian wing of the Republican party yeah. and all that, you know, uh, and how, uh, anti, you know, non-regulated capitalism is the only way to spur on, uh, competition in the market mm-hmm. and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I was like, one of the most competitive things I can think of is pro sports, mm-hmm. which have a lot of fucking rules. Oh, tons <laughs> of rules. Yeah. Like you can have both. It's not a dichotomy. Yeah. Even what has even more rules in football is NASCAR. I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but I know that like all their cars have to be treated like 
exactly the same. Oh like, yeah, the, like it has to be like their measurements have to be exact same. The engine size has to be the exact same. The actual athletes on the track. No, no, them. That well, then it's all up to no, the driving. cars. I'm saying, yeah, the cars. Yeah, the cars. Yeah, the actual to, athletes yeah. on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but it means so many rules and regulations to keep it fair, and because they've learned from past practice, like oh shit, and to keep people safe. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're just yeah. going to let, if you're right. going to let them decide to do whatever the fuck they want with the cars, then yeah. Or what's to stop them from putting the most monstrous, biggest fucking engine in the thing? Like, yeah, I can just go around you in the circles and oops, it might I crash. explode after yeah. a few laps, but then I crash into you and we all them's die. the risks you run or football. Mm. They, you don't see them wearing fucking leather helmets anymore, bashing their heads into each other. Cause they realize, you know what? They're hitting each other pretty fucking hard. We might need more protection of the head, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the whole regulation thing. Well, there was that story real recently about the, the limo, that crashed. Oh yeah, because the guy didn't the have a party. Yeah, was it was it that he was unlicensed? Uh, no, the I think he was licensed. It was that the vehicle itself oh, had okay. been deemed unfit for the road. <laughs> like it wasn't even supposed to be on the road. It hadn't passed inspection, uh, and the owner of the company was arrested for uh, criminal endangerment. No, I think okay. because. And and the the guy driving the car had even filed complaints saying, saying the car's not safe. You know, I'm being told to work in a vehicle that's unsafe, that's unregistered, that can't yeah. pass inspection. Yeah. The the so it's not you know that 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 is capitalism just run wild with no regulation, right? Yeah. That's the kind of shit that fucking happens. Mm-hmm. That's why we have regulation is to try to keep people safe. If you want to if you want to make money, great, go and make money. We're going to we're going to create some basic rules to help ensure that people are safe yeah while they're in your care what's someone actually pointed that out on the 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 ksl fucking comment board for that and they said regulations are just made to keep people safe i don't know why they're doing it in this situation well it's probably to keep the animals safe yeah well in this the you know this the story mentioned that this guy said that you know that he thinks that abortion and and everything is is a insult to God. Like, okay, what kind of petty fucking weak ass God gets insulted by different things? By you, this is your God who's so powerful and so perfect and so wonderful that he gets offended by different shit. That either gave her the free will to choose to have an abortion, or knows predestined that she's going to have the abortion because he made her that way. Yeah, dude. He, well, and he that's programmed it into the programming. Well, and that's the perfect segue into the the whole thing with the LDS church recently where at general conference, uh, I can't remember which one of the church authorities. Was it the fasting thing? Had mentioned it. No, not the fasting thing, but the, the, the use of the nickname oh, Mormon yeah. offends God. Which is and that he had received this through divine revelation, like he knows because he spoke to God and God was like, you know, which when when you when people call you guys Mormons and you even refer to yourselves as Mormons, like that really hurts my feel bads, guys. I love the idea that Mormon God is a snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) That really hurts my feel bads, and so I don't want you to do that anymore. Okay, I I know I've I've I know I haven't said anything about it for. You know, decades and, and, and that I've let you guys make a bunch of 
promotional material mm-hmm. for your for for my church, the one that you've restored here on earth as the perfect church. And 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 you know, I, I think I've just maybe let it go on too long. It's one of those things that I've just kind of let fester for too long yeah. and it's really bothering me now. And so I think maybe, you know, you just should stop it because I find it personally offensive. And I was gonna put that chapter in the book. But I felt the book was going on too long already. <laughs> I, I, I actually wish that, you know, Joseph had translated it a little more accurately and called it the book of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that when they're like, oh, it's just a weird nickname people gave him. Like, no, you call it the Book of Mormon. We didn't give you the nickname. <laughs> It's on the cover. Well, and there were all the initiatives that they had where uh, the church itself was promoting the use of the word Mormon. You know, yeah. their whole I am a Mormon campaign. Yeah. Mormons building bridges, the Mormon tabernacle choir. Well, that's old. Yeah. But yeah, they, everything they do. Well, now it's the, what is it? The taber, the uh, the choir or the. It's, it's something to do with the sp- that The square, tabernacle choir of like something, yeah. whatever square. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Motab, it's uh shit, I can't Thunder Thunder Thundercats tab or something. It's know. always gonna be the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't I don't think that they're gonna get rid of that now. Oh, they did. Well they've officially changed they've officially the name. Changed the name. Yeah, I know, everyone but else is still gonna com- refer to them as that. Yeah, I don't I don't see that and I, changing I, colloquially. I also saw someone come out and I'm like, Well they just call themselves the Tabernacle Choir and someone had to chime in and go a tabernacle is not unique name to the LDS church. Right, yeah. They're not the only ones that yeah, the use LDS church tabernacle isn't the choir. only religious organization or organization period that uses the word yeah. tabernacle. Yeah, cuz a tabernacle it. isn't specifically a religious place. Yeah. Yeah, but what kind of what kind of just weak ass pussy fucking god is like I'm offended that you're calling my church the Mormon Church. Yeah, that's not even that's not even to the level of like human adult maturity. <laughs> I, I wonder if no, I it's not. Yeah, if I just got a shirt that says I'm not Mormon on it, if it would appease both sides. Like, yeah, you're not Mormon. You're Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Or people like, yeah, you're not Mormon. Fuck yeah, you're not part of that group. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know for the past I don't know couple of weeks. Or when was general conference? That was, it was like two weeks ago, two weeks ago. But I've noticed that like, I was, you know, after the conference and everything, I was posting a bunch of shit about the LDS church because I am a former member and I think it's Mm. bullshit. And you know what? And so typically, you know, when that happens, I also pay closer attention to what my other relatives are posting online and stuff, particularly my grandmother, because I know. You know, it. I'm sure it hurts her that I'm saying these things about the church that she loves so dearly. But I noticed that she hadn't been online for however Ten long. Days? So she followed. She followed the prophet's, <laughs> you know, uh, instruction to fast. Uh, apparently, because she hadn't been on Facebook for the last ten days. Well, here's a so that I am Mormon campaign because that was on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook. Um, YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Was the name of that YouTube page I Am Mormon? Probably. I wonder if it still exists or if they went in and changed the name to I Am the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, yeah, that's just it. Are they going to just 
try to remove all of that now? I think they are. All of the work that they put into those different initiatives? Or they just are going online and changing the domain names and everything. What about, what about books written by former, uh, Quorum of the Twelve, like Bruce R. McConkie's book, Mormon Doctrine? Yeah. That they, that would be a crazy if they try to go back and change historical references. Well, and it's a weird fucking thing. It's a really fucking weird thing that the current church leadership has said, oh yes, we, we received revelation from God that he's offended by use of the term Mormon for anything describing church members or anything to do with the church. But you've got previous church leaders who did write stuff like that. You know, entitled it, you know, used the word Mormon, Mormon in it. Yeah. So did, did they were, did they not have the power of discernment? They, they didn't know. They weren't able to receive these revelations from it, God. Is God changing now? The, 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 the God who, you know, is supposed to be eternal and never changing. Of course, you know, according to Mormon theology, changes his mind all the fucking time. According to the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. I sorry, think you I, mean. I appreciate well, the correction. Yes. Thank you. They even said they tried to do it back in 2002 when the Olympics were coming so that people would call them, you know, LDS instead of Mormon. And obviously it didn't take then. And I wonder with the. It's not going to take now. Well, I wonder if with the rise of social media, they're thinking, let's give it another shot. Let's just change all of our names on the Internet. Dude, you're you're assuming that these crusty old fuckers leading the church know jack shit about social media. Well, they, and they, they, no, they, they know hide, it exists, they, but they, they hire a kid to to do that stuff for them. Well, but even then, they're, they're not, it's not a political or, or, you know, well, there, there's no motive behind it. It's other than that, that God has told them that that's yeah. what they need to do. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's just they, they, they want to give it a second try. Or he, there's an, it's a new guy in there. You know what it's like working for the federal government? Every time a new guy comes in, he tries to enact all these stupid policies and mm-hmm. shit and tries to get his name put on something. That's all he's doing. He's the new guy in power. He wants his name on shit. Well, sure, I did but, this and I did well, that. Well, sure, but then Look how like godly I say, he's I just am. undercutting like everything all of the previous church leaders who did use the term well, yeah. ever did because well, maybe, clearly they didn't know what the fuck was going on. They they didn't have as close a connection to God as this guy does because he knows. And it wasn't that he just said, you know, it wasn't one of those slippery fucking things that the church usually does where they're just like, this well, is our new policy and you know, then, then all of the church members are left to wonder whether this is, you know, coming from the mind of a flawed man or if this was an actual revelation from God. Well, maybe, maybe God was just getting picked on up there in the celestial heaven going, everyone's making fun of his Mormonism and his Mormon name. And God's like, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to tell that new guy down there. Well, and for something, it. and for something this, this big. Yeah. You know, when, when the LDS well, it's church. Big and it's petty. Well, but I'm, I was going to say when the LDS, when the LDS Church changed changed its stance on blacks holding the priesthood, mm-hmm. uh, it was Benson, right, who who announced that change in in church policy, and he never said that that was divine revelation. Okay, he just said that we're we're going to change this. We're making it more clear now. It wasn't that he spoke to God and received revelation that that was going to happen. He just did it himself, and then. That still left it open to members about whether, okay, well, did he receive this revelation from God or is this just a policy of, of man? Which is something that the church has done, you know, for, for centuries. Yeah. That 
they don't they're they're not very clear on where a lot of this direction is coming from. Well, we, and we, this guy all of a sudden is like, no, God told us that this is this this is the way it's supposed to be. We we all know where the direction's coming from. Well, sure, yeah, but this but like I say, just choosing to make it God more often than himself. So, but it, like I say, it basically undercuts all of the other changes that have happened in the church because now, okay, well, now he's saying no. This isn't just me saying this. This isn't just me talking. This isn't a personal thing of mine. God told me that it makes him sad <laughs> when people use the word Mormon, and so we need to stop doing that. Well, it just shows how ridiculous it is. Well, and how fucking petty and stupid is it that God would be, that it makes God really mad and, or makes God really sad when people use the word Mormon, but apparently it didn't move God enough. It didn't upset him enough that blacks weren't holding the priesthood. That was just the decision of a man, apparently. <laughs> you know, when they changed, when they changed the, uh, direction, when they changed the directives about plural marriage and polygamy. Yeah. Because I don't even know that that state. was that when they made that change that that was commanded by God. So I just looked up Ezra Taft Benson uh-huh. just to see when he died and everything and if uh-huh. he was a prophet, or whatever uh-huh. president then. And it says uh, <laughs> it says Ezra Taft Benson, American farmer. <laughs> really, that's the that's the number one thing about him. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Not that he was the uh, president of the... That's the third thing. Really? Ezra What's... Taft Benson was an American farmer, government official, and religious leader. Huh. huh. Well. Yeah, that seems weird. Uh, he served in the church from 85 to 94, so... Oh, wow. Nine years? It was someone before him then. Hmm. Yeah, because right? it was like 78. Was it 78? Well, I I think I'm referring to he he was interviewed about it. Oh, and and I think he just was made he he made his comments were very slippery when asked direct questions about you know when the church changed policy in in seventy eight was that a revelation from God that led to the change or was that just church leaders decided well maybe we should you know get with the times a little yeah. bit. <laughs> You know, a couple decades Slightly. behind, but, but you know, make that change nonetheless. And he never really gave a clear answer on that. Well, he's only about a decade behind. Civil rights movement was 1960s. So you said how many decades? I said a decade. Oh, well, yeah, 60s, but the church changed in 78. So that's tw- almost 20 years past. They were more than a decade Well, behind. it would have been less than 20 years. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but more than a decade, almost 20 years. Yeah, I, I can't remember when the Civil Rights Act was passed. Yeah. Uh, 64, I want to say. 64? Okay, so 14 years. Well, that was the one – that there's there's a few different Civil Rights yeah. Acts, but the, the one of 64, yeah. Wait, hold on. Have I – oh, please be in here. Here we go. Have I showed you guys <laughs> this before? What? I don't want to see your penis again. It's a picture <laughs> of the, an old – article that i found in my parents storage unit from 1970 whatever you found this where in my parents storage unit when i was cleaning it out oh wow so at the top it says 9 1972 and the headline says only matter of time before negro gets full status in church says oh. lds head yeah <laughs> and that was harold b lee at the time huh that was in your parents storage huh mm-hmm why Why did they keep that one, do you think? Or did they have a whole bunch of stuff and you just happened to stumble onto that? Uh, this one was kind of by itself. I don't know why hmm. they have this one. I wonder huh. what inspired them to keep it. I don't know. 
Interessante. Hmm. But yeah, it just, like I say, it, I don't, I don't, and I'm sure that there are a lot of church members who heard a lot of the talks during general conference and are like, okay, this is another thing I'm either going to have to put on my shelf until it breaks or this stuff broke my shelf and I'm out. For, for, so, for our listeners who don't know, one of the common refrains, uh, when people are having doubts about mm-hmm. the LDS church is that they should just take those doubts and put them on a shelf. And, you know, and as those doubts just keep piling up, your shelf is going to break or you'll have, you know, if, if you prayerfully consider things, then those doubts should go away. But of course it doesn't. No. The LDS church doesn't want you to examine your doubts because they know that that way lies the path to leaving the church. If you're going to explore your doubts, try to find out the truth behind different things or try to get at the heart of the matter of why you think that what's going on is fuckery, then you're going to find out more about the church than they want you to know about the church and its history. Did they do a mass resignation this year? I don't know if they did or not. Because I don't remember hearing about one this year because it's usually the the general conference in the springtime when they do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I do not know. I haven't I haven't done one of those for a little while. MAGA? MAGA stage? Big hands don't. Big hands don. Ah. Oh. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Some fucking truck that was driving around. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the, you took that picture? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Trump train ride? Jeez. Was this in Utah uh, County? Uh-huh. Ugh. I hope Fender sees that and they can go sue him for having their logo on the side of their truck. Right. <laughs> One more reason for me to not want to go to Utah County. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to Provo. Wait, tomorrow. I got another thing for you to not want to go to Utah Uh-oh. County. Oh, yeah? Here's a shirt that I saw at Savers. Uh-oh. Operation Underground Railroad on the front. Oh, yeah, I actually... Okay. Slave Stealer Throwdown. Okay, so I know what the... I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I don't so, know what this is. <laughs> so there is a group that I know of that is called the Operation Underground, which is actually a good group, uh, that they are a group of ex-military guys that their their sole purpose is to go to other countries and rescue kids that are being uh, trafficked. Mm-hmm. So oh, a lot of times they go on the Mexico so and stuff. stealing slaves. So yeah, so they're like people that oh, are okay. that are being trafficked by like sex traffickers and that kind of stuff. When they find out stuff's going on, uh, when they find out with kids that are being kidnapped and that kind of stuff, they're they're ex special operations people that can get their community together. Like, hey, we need to go and rescue these kids, and mm. they they work with local government and local officials to actually uh, perform raids on these areas once they have enough intel on where the kids are, where these people are located at. Mm. Well, that's cool. So they're those are so that is a good group, and they're actually based out of here in Utah. Well, and you had sent me a picture a while back of like a Confederate flag or Confederate T-shirt or something that you found in Utah. Was that at the gas station? Yeah, yeah. Utah County's a weird fucking place, man. That's Mm -hmm. why. Sorry, Matt, but I don't, I don't travel past that border down there. (laughs) It's all right. I don't go up to Ogden. True. What border is that? I don't know. I don't know what the border is. (laughs) The one that says you're entering Mormon Town. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's usually where I get out and put the fuck Trump sticker on the car. <laughs> this is Callie. Just remember, love is love. Support your local lesbians. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. I don't believe there's such a thing as free will in the sense of a 
uh, a ghost in the machine, uh, a spirit or soul that somehow reads the, the TV screen of the senses and pushes buttons and pulls levers of behavior. Uh, there's no sense that we can make uh, of that. Uh, I, I think we are, our behavior is the product of physical processes in the brain. On the other hand, when you have a brain that consists of 100 billion neurons connected by 100 trillion synapses, there is a vast amount of complexity that means that human choices will not be predictable in any simple way from the stimuli that have uh, impinged on it beforehand. We also know that that brain is set up so that there are at least two kinds of behavior. There's what happens when I shine a light in your eye and your, your iris contracts or I hit your knee with a hammer and uh, your, your, your leg jerks upward. We also know that there's a part of the brain that does things like choose what to have for dinner, whether to order chocolate or vanilla ice cream, uh, how to move the next chess piece, uh, whether to pick up the paper or put it down. Uh, that is very different from your iris closing when I shine a light in your, your eye. This, that second kind of behavior, one that engages vast amounts of the brain, particularly the frontal lobes, that incorporates an enormous amount of information in the causation of the behavior, that has some mental model of the world that can predict the consequences of possible behavior and select them on the basis of those consequences. All of those, th those things carve out the realm of behavior that we call free will. The next rant will start right after this. Last night, a friend rushed me out of the house to catch an opening act at a local bar's music night. After a few drinks, I realized my phone wasn't in my pocket. I checked the table where we were sitting, the bar, the bathrooms, and after no luck, I used my friend's phone to call mine. After two rings, someone answered, gave out a low, raspy giggle, then hung up. They didn't answer again. I eventually gave it up as a lost cause and headed home. I found my phone laying on my nightstand right where I left it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about tonight, and this is going to be a shorter episode because I'm really tired. And we, we watch too much internet between weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We've been kind of screwing around, and I think it's because we're all just kind of tired. Um, What's that? People probably don't realize that you get a, a two hour show, but we sit here for three or four hours to <laughs> record two hours. <laughs> yeah. And, and tonight we're all just tired. So we're going to call it a bit early. And I, I've realized now that I'm having to get up even earlier for stuff that like how much I appreciate you guys both driving here for the show every week, <laughs> knowing that when you leave here, you've got about an hour travel back yeah. to your, Residence is before or, you can go to bed, and then you guys have to get up in the morning also. So now you see why. First, I, I want like to say I, I apologize for not being more cognizant of that in the past, and that I do really appreciate both of you guys coming here to do this. Oh, we have fun. We enjoy it. Well, good, good. Speak I for yourself, too. man. I <laughs> yeah. thought we talked about Matt, this last week. Matt hates no, it. I'm just kidding. 
Speaking of last week, though, there was there was something. So the thing I wanted to close out tonight's show with was a discussion about religion and this view of free will. You know, when we had Sean on the show, he he mentioned several times that if God, you know, created a world where everything was happy and everything, he doesn't want, you know, meat puppets. He doesn't want mindless automatons, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's all free will and we can choose to do good, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when I was on his show, I, I said that I don't believe in free will. I think it's an illusion. Yeah. When, when he was here in studio, Matt said that, you know, he, he basically shares the same view that he doesn't think free will is a thing. I don't know how, what your current thoughts on there are, Ron. Well, Ron, <laughs> I don't know that we ever got to Ron's thoughts on it. I, I think, well, I think I've, I've voiced, like, I am fully on board with your take on, uh, determinism mm -hmm. with as far as you know the things that you did in the past shape what you're going to do now mm -hmm. it definitely it molds you to what you're going to make your decision but i still think that someone like someone that's maybe grew up in a really shitty area can make that decision that basically defies what their upbringing probably would have made them do now granted there's probably something that came along through the way that kind of Put the Something idea in their head. That, but that I mean, path was going to be different for them. I mean, that that <laughs> that that kid that's living in a horrible gang-ridden area can make that decision sometimes, or some way to be like, hey, you know what? Even though I, the the social pressure is there to to be a part of these gangs and to do all that, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Even yeah. though his environment and everything that's around him is tuned. Most things. Most things in that environment are tuned towards that. Yeah. And they can say, well, no. But there was something in his life that, but there was that something changed in his life. that. Yeah, yeah, but the 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 choice to go one way or the other is so easy in that in that environment. Sure. Yeah. So that's where I kinda that's where I kinda go and you still have the free will and so, to And so maybe his parents just instilled in in that person or in those individual cases a sense of individuality and nurtured that rather than going along with the crowd and doing what everybody else is doing. Well, that's where I go you with you can stand up and be your own. That, that's where I'm fully with you on the deterministic side of it. Yeah. But it, at the same time, they, you could have grown up in a loving family and they said, you know what? I'm going to go be a, a gang member. Well, and what, and what genes yeah. are at yeah. play there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that, I 100% I agree with that. But I still think sometimes it comes down to in that moment, in that particular moment, you have to make a decision. Now, mm -hmm. yes, your your past definitely shapes that decision. Mm -hmm. And we see people sometimes that, you know. It feels like a decision, at least. It does. I mean, that's where the illusion of free will comes from. Yeah. So, I mean, you see people all the time that completely change and get out of a, a really shitty fucking situation. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, uh, when Sean was here last week, he was saying, no, he had some really shitty stuff he had in his past. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say to him, like, you made that choice to leave that stuff behind mm -hmm. and change yourself. Like, you just decided, you know, fuck, man, this sucks. Well, and it, I think I think at any given moment you're you're not making a conscious choice. I mean, we we've talked in the past when we've talked about free will that you know, if they if they put you in an fMRI, they can they can they can see based on your brain activity, they can determine but before you're consciously aware of the choice you're going to make that they they can tell you what choice you're going to make, right? Because they can see well, the they can see the electrical stimuli in the brain or or they can see the the different yeah. electrical patterns in the brain where they can say before you're consciously aware of your own decision the thing that would make you say i made this choice that it's already been decided in your brain yeah but that's like milliseconds they can't do like a week ahead 
No, but seven to ten yeah, I seconds. I you have to do a week ahead. Well, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying to like to, to forecast because that's. I mean, well, yeah, you're not. That's forecasting. that's your your your. Of course, your your brain has to process it and force you to put the words out. But the time frame it takes your brain to send a signal to your mouth is very very small amount of time for you to come up with that decision. Well, but that's not how the they're not saying. I want you to tell me when you've made a decision. It's they they use different controls they'll say you know push a button when you've made it, when you've made the decision yeah. and the time dis i mean they know that the difference in time between the brain sending a signal to the hand to push the button is different than the time it took you know they they recognize the patterns differently that it's not just well yeah the difference in time isn't just that you you know the time it takes the electrical stimulus to to move the muscles in your finger to push the button that's not the time they're counting as the decision being made the decision was made before they even measured that signal to push the button. I guess I'm still saying, I'm saying is that's still you. It's not a separate part of you. But it's not a conscious decision. That's what I'm saying. You're not consciously making that. You later well, decide, oh, no, yeah, I consciously made this decision, but you didn't. Yeah, it's all post hoc. It feels like you decided in well, the moment, but yeah, but then, you didn't. Then no one ever decides to do anything. Is what exactly. You're yeah, but that doesn't make fucking sense <laughs> at all to me. Well, we don't really care if you like it <laughs> or not. But no, but I mean, well, so let's just set all of okay. <laughs> so the the thing that Sean said that we, that we didn't really get into at all because it was toward the end of the show and it would have been a much longer show and we were all getting tired then too. Um, was that he, he said that, you know, without free will, then that's basically just Calvinism. And I, you know, I, that's why I have a big issue with Calvinism. And so that, that exposed that he doesn't understand the difference between determinism and prede- predestined. Yeah. I don't believe anything's predestined. Yeah. And that's, so when he said that, he, you know, that's the problem that he has with Calvinists, well, then that, that clued me into the fact that he just doesn't fucking know the difference between the two. Well, but to be fair, I'm going to throw him a little bone here. Mm-hmm. If if you start with the assumption that God exists, you have nowhere left to go with determinism but predestination. Right, right. So. Well, and there, I can't remember what the other thing was that I was asking him. And, and it finally just got to where. It was too late. You know, where to where he had. I think he basically admitted that, you know, the view that he has on whatever we were talking about is inconsistent with you know, reality basically, but that he has to continue believing that and saying that he believes that because it, otherwise it doesn't fit in with a bunch of his other religious views. Right. And I, I can't, I'm, I'm a little tired and I can't remember exactly what it was that that, that specific point was made on, but you know, even aside from that and, and him being confused about determinism versus predestiny and all of that kind of stuff. If, if religions really believe that God gave you free will and that's part of his plan, I don't understand why they always work so fucking hard to take that free will away from you. Yeah. Yeah. To make, to, well, to tell you that, no, you cannot do these things to where you can't make a decision on your own. Right. <laughs> you, yes, you do have free will. And God wanted to give you that free will so that you're not just a mindless automaton. You're not just some meat puppet that he's put here on earth doing his bidding. Mm -hmm. So he gave you that free will. But we as a church are going to tell you that you can't exercise that free will. Or or me as a pharmacist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, 
yeah, that's that's just it too. And not only can you not make these cho- these choices for yourself because we as a religious organization are going to tell you what you can and cannot do, but then you also have to take other people's free will away from them. You get to decide what they get to do with themselves. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. That is completely inconsistent with the notion of free will and wanting God's plan to come to fruition because you're constantly fucking thwarting God's plan of giving people free will and allowing them to deal, to do what they want. But they're using their free will to do the wrong things. So we're just correcting for that. Well, right. But who are they to say that you can't do that then? Because then that's thwarting I followers mean, of God. <laughs> well, right. Well, but that's, that's just another one of the fucking inconsistencies that drives me nuts about religion. Yeah. It's the same thing with prayer. You know, that they're constantly wanting to change God's plan. Why are you fucking praying? Well, f- free will and religion are not compatible with each other. That's well, according kind of to uh, well, according to people who are religious, they're absolutely compatible. Well, and but, they, I mean, but that's a central part of the reason religion. why they make it compatible is because you have to have an excuse for all the bad things that happen. Right. You have to be able to explain away the bad things with free will. Oh, they had free will. They chose to do that. They strayed from God. But if God was actually controlling everything, then God would have done it. But they don't want God to have done the bad thing. So that person had to have had free will to do yeah, the we bad can't, thing. Yeah, we can't blame anything bad on God, even though God said that he was the author of evil and he yeah. creates chaos. So you give people free will. So when something bad happens, it's, oh, that person did something bad. They're going against God because they have the free will to do that. Something good happens like, oh, look, yay, look what God did. Look what God did. Look what God did. Yeah. So that's why it's it's not compatible with religion because if God controls everything, you don't have free will. But then if God controls everything, he also controls everything that's bad. So you got to stick something in there to make all the bad things not God's fault. Well, yeah, it's a post hoc rationalization, yeah. just like I, you know, thinking that you chose to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, it's one of those things that is just, there are so many things within religion that are contradictory that to be able to hold both views, you know, of course you're experiencing cognitive dissonance, but they're so diametrically opposed to each other that it's almost a schizophrenic stance. To say that, oh, God gave us free will, but you can't use it. So mm-hmm. if you if you can't exercise your free will, but you're supposed to be able to exercise your free will, and that's part of what we believe, but I'm going to tell you not to do not to do that. <laughs> I don't understand how people like like as soon as that comes up and they're like, oh, you have free will, but don't use it. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't see how more people don't recognize that as the fucking fraud that it is. Well, then, well, you have free will. Uh, you've heard the message already, but here's the thing. You haven't heard this message, which might be the message you need from God to become religious. Mm. Well, so I understand you have free will. I understand all the other God stuff you've heard about. You've had the free will to deny all that, but you haven't heard this yet. This might be the, the zinger. Well, and that's the other thing too, is that it's, you know, for a lot of these things, it's, they're things that don't really affect other people. You know, yeah. you, you, you have the free will to choose to drink. Yeah. But you shouldn't because it makes God sad. Oh. Okay. Well, but I, I have this free will and you're telling me that I can't exercise it as part of the plan God created giving me this thing in the first place. Yeah. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. I just don't have the free will to drink to excess and then get behind the wheel of a car. 
Well, I have the free will to do it. I can do it. <laughs> that's that's not a problem. Cops might not like it. Yeah, but I'm but I mean you know personal yeah. decisions that people and and for just regular run of the mill, totally completely benign things like drinking coffee. Yeah, right. You know you you have the free will to drink coffee if you want, but you shouldn't. Well, it's kind of like, like what, uh, it just it it harms nobody else if I'm drinking coffee, unless. I'm drinking enough coffee. I mean, I, I can't really think of, of an instance where the amount of coffee I consume would be a detriment to other people. But even if that were the case, it's still a benign act yeah. that would be so far out of the norm as to be fucking ridiculous that you're telling people not to do it. That's where I, I like it's it a lot. It's just a form of control. Uh, it's probably about a year ago when you, I can't remember, if we, I think we did the article on air. And I had one part that's always stuck with me, and I keep using the analogy the guy used in it, saying, you know, when you – we were used to talk about prison reform and free will versus de 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 determinism, mm -hmm. where he said, if your car's got bad brakes, you take the car, you put it in the garage. You try to fix the brakes. Mm -hmm. If you take it back out on the road and the brakes continue to fail, then you put it in the garage and you don't take it out again because it's not safe. Mm -hmm. That car's been determined, and it's not a safe thing anymore. You try to fix it. You try to work with it. Mm -hmm. And that's where with the prison system and stuff. So we watched that video earlier with that kid. That's all. You know, he's all sling pig. Yeah, I put a sledgehammer to her head. Oh, yeah. That what kid. was that kid's name? Uh, Zach Davis. Yeah. That kid. You guys know a lot of fucking weird serial I'm killer sorry. and murder shit that I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm like, in the murder porn. Well, and then I feel like I'm the weird one because both of you know <laughs> these things. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but like in that case with that kid. Uh-huh. Something genetically was fucked up with him. Oh, clearly, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, even with him talking about, you know, his father's dead, but he still has conversations with his dad every night where his dad tells him to do things, and sometimes mm -hmm. he does it. Sometimes it's just a general conversation, and the kid's talking about it like it's completely fucking normal. Mm -hmm. Now, we're still going to take that kid and put him in prison. Yeah. Yeah, instead of giving, instead of putting him in, inst in an institution where yeah. he can get some good well, mental Well, I think health. that's what the, I think the article at the end said they're trying to get him into a certain institution but that guy is getting locked up yeah he's got a certain genetic he needs to be away from society he, yeah, yeah he's got a genetic yeah. defect that says your brakes are not fixable yeah. we cannot fix this car it stays in the garage e even though he may not be in full control of all of his actions he's still too dangerous to be around yeah. other people he is mm -hmm. but then you got other cases where people go to prison for just benign things it's like hey yeah you had a bad fucking childhood you were in an abusive place Let's fucking work on that. And that's where I think with the determinism side of it, we, things are failed because people do think everyone has free will. That mm -hmm. guy had free will to do that murder. He's going to jail for 80 years. Well, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's just the thing is or that, beat someone up is that this, this religious view of free will leads to a lot of real harm for a bunch of people. You know, it, it, it says that, oh no, you could have chosen differently, but you're a bad, you're an evil person. There's something evil inside you. You were influenced by evil. Satan got control of you somehow and led you to do this evil act because otherwise you wouldn't have. Well, and then it's like, okay, well, where was God in all of this? Is God too weak? Is God? Yeah. You know, but no, you have free too will. Uncaring yeah, God's to valuing, make sure. too busy valuing everyone's free will. <laughs> you have, you have, yeah, you have free will to to commit that crime. Yeah, but that's where I think us as a society falls apart in some of those things. A lot of those things where we choose to well, say, and it, well, and it leads to it leads to the penal system that we have now, where it's mm -hmm. a penal system. You're penalized well, for doing so. It's not it's not rehabilitative. 
It's no. not corrective. They call it the corrections system, yeah. but it's, it doesn't correct actions. It, it's, it's punitive. Well, you know, you know where the, the word originally comes from? Cause we have Which penal word? system. Then it was the penitentiary and then it was penance. Penitence? Penance. Where literally you were locked in a fucking little concrete room with the Bible and that was it. You had to serve your penance. You had to be saved by God in order to get released from. You have from, to be a penitent observer of yeah. God's ways. Yeah. And that's where our penitentiary word comes from. Well, yeah, but so instead of working to rehabilitate people and to try to fix them so that they're not a problem in the future, we just choose to punish them for being evil or bad. In a system that makes it worse. And we think that that's going to work. And that and it, it all fits within a religious framing. It, yeah. It's not anything to do with how we actually know human nature works and how, you know, people quote unquote make decisions. But it also comes from this like, uh, black and white conservative mind thinking too, right? right? Where yeah. it's, where it's right and wrong, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and if people make mistakes, they need to be punished. What else are you going to do? Of course you have to like the, the idea that somebody could do something bad like this. Uh, you hear this all the time when you talk about when people find out you don't believe in God, right? Well, wait, so you mean like Hitler's just going to never going to pay for what he did? They can't wrap their brain around the fact that somebody did something wrong and won't get punished. Yeah. That's just such a part of, of that's, life for them. That's how it has to go. It's like they seek the punishment. Yeah. They love it. Well, and, and, you know, that doesn't even bring into account anything like moral luck where, right. There's a ton of shit that I've done, you know, throughout my life that when I was younger, I could have easily been arrested for a lot of the different shit that I did and just got away with some of the danger shit that I, some of the things that I could have been arrested for or that I could have been killed, killed over I, very fucking yeah. easily that I would have lost a limb or a digit or something. But I was just lucky enough to not have those things happen to me. And I could have easily been in the system and then just it, my my entire life would have been completely different had I not been lucky enough to not be right. caught and punished for something that yeah. I did when I was younger. Right. That I see other people getting caught and punished for all the fucking time. Yeah, and you got out of it and you're okay. You're not a repeat offender. Right. You're not, you know, you that missing out on that punishment didn't straight didn't lead you to a life of infraction. Right. Yeah, it didn't it didn't turn me into a monster that I wasn't punished for. Right. Those yeah. different things that you didn't get your corrective action. Yeah. And then, and then we see what happens to a lot of people who do make, you know, a stupid mistake yeah. that they get arrested for, sent to prison and they're turned into more of a criminal while yeah. they're behind. Yeah. Their life is ruined. Basically, yeah. There's usually people that are lower on the socioeconomic scale. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. poor. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, the swimmer kid at that Ivy League college that went to jail for what, three months for raping that girl and videotaping it. Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, we didn't want to ruin his future. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's a good religious person. He's a good white kid that, yeah. you know, has a bright future ahead of him versus and can afford to have a lawyer. Yeah. yeah versus yet, yet some a poor black, black kid, kid that hasn't ate the weed yeah. on him and he's going to prison for five years. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, that kind of stuff. Our, our, Justice system is completely broken when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, which on a on a good note, let's end this on a good note right here. Okay. Canada made weed legal oh, today. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And guess what else they're doing? They are going to be exonerating people, expunging their records. Yes. If they had less than what was I think it was like 
I don't know the numbers. 30 grams are, of weed they are, on them at the time of arrest. They get their records expunged. And yeah, all. they are setting some limits. Like, they're not going to let Like, hey, you had 20 running. pounds of weed coming across the border. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, they're no, not going to let people sorry. who are running a, a drug ring out of prison just because of this. Yeah. But, yeah, if you were if you were caught up in, you know, what they would now consider, well, or should have always considered a, a minor offense or, yeah. a, you know, a small possession charge that led to other things yep. then yeah those those, those are they're working expunged. on going to exonerate you for those and expunging those from your criminal record yeah, yeah. now my one big question hmm. in canada you're not allowed to enter the country if you've committed a federal crime on canadian on canada's uh federal crime laws so in canada it's actually a federal crime to have a dui so canada can actually hold you up at the border for having a dui Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. I talked to a guy that had to happen. Actually, it was a soup Nazi telling me about that. Oh, yeah? The guy from Seinfeld. Yeah. Because he had a couple of DUIs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he works in Canada a lot. Uh, they stop him at the border all the time? They stop him at the border all the time. He actually says he no keeps- No way. He, we can't let you in here. He keeps a pamphlet with all the stuff to show that he served everything that they're going to ask for. He goes, here's, here's everything. <laughs> he just gives it to him <laughs> now. But so if it's no longer a federal crime in Canada, mm -hmm. if you've been caught with weed in the U.S. and been charged with it, mm -hmm. will they just let you right in? I don't know. Because it's not a crime there anymore. No. Well, the the article that I read about it earlier today said, you know, it, it had quotes from a bunch of different critics about Canada making this legal at the federal level. And then they're leaving it up to the different provinces to decide exactly how they're going to handle a bunch of the different yeah. Logistics and, and specific how much laws you can have on you, where right, you can yeah. use it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's not criminalized at a federal level anymore. So no. it's it's yeah, they've decriminalized it basically. Not necessarily made it legal. It's just not illegal. And then it's up to the different provinces what they're going to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there were a lot of critics who said that you know when Trudeau used this as part of his campaign when he was running for prime minister. And now that it's actually come to fruition, you know, as part of his, one of his campaign promises, that they feel that it was rushed through without considering a lot of the other things that are going to have to happen around all of that. You know, like like you said, expunging people's yeah. criminal records and setting up the rules and regulations around that, and who are they going to excuse and who who they I aren't, mean, and so now they're trying to come up with all of that after they've already past yeah the legislation saying that it's no longer criminalized at the federal level i mean i'm i'm betting it would probably have to be like okay you were caught when you were 20 years old with a, a few joints in your pocket or whatever had a, a pipe on you or something oh one of the things i said or, one of the things i read said that the in one of the provinces the amount of weed that a person can have on them is enough to roll 60 joints wow well the thing oh, I, I said 30 grams amount. Is, yeah yeah and they can share it with their friends yeah um where was I going with this? I don't I know. Forgot. Oh, I was going to say maybe, you know, I, I would see it being as simple as, hey, if you were caught and you have a drug charge on you, you have to go petition the court to get your record expunged. Yeah. Just go to them and say, hey, you know, uh, underneath this new law of Canada. So that's why if it's someone actually really cares about getting a record expunged, okay, yours will get expunged first. Yeah, I guess that would cause potential problems with people who may not have the means to do that. Maybe they don't True. have... Maybe they don't have ID. Maybe they don't have transportation. Maybe they don't have the funds to file the paperwork, whatever. they Maybe they're physically or mentally incapable of doing it for some reason. 
So I think a blanket policy for, you know, okay, everything below this amount, we're just, it's, it's yeah. gone. That's what I'm saying. It probably just takes time for them to go through the system and go, okay, he was caught. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And going through all the cases. I see that taking a while going through all the cases and checking them. And you know, it's going to take a little while, but. Well, hopefully they've got a database that just has, you know, all well, of the yeah. arresting documents and information about the case and all of that where they can just. It's, it's Canada though. Computers are good, man. Yeah, computers are good. <laughs> That's why when I had to go prove to the fucking military that my arrest shit was over with, I had to bring them the documents because they didn't have them. Mm-hmm. A year later. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's not a good computer system. No. <laughs> they don't talk to each other. <laughs> but I want to know what our audience thinks. What do you guys think? Is, is How do you view the free will Versus determinism. First, do you believe in free will or not? How do you view determinism? And then what do you think about the tie-in to religious thought and our justice system and penal system? I think it should be, do you, do you accept determinism or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be you start this time. Alan Firth. Numania. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Matt. Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> you dropped something. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrus. Let them eat coffee. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Freethinker215. Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Marriott Kostbuchakowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodapetch. Taylor Green. Angelica Person. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Savita Kuna. And the Purple Dragon. Thank you all so much. Yeah. This, I, I, I really do appreciate everything that, that, uh, you guys do for the show. I appreciate our listeners who aren't Patreon supporters yet also. And I say yet because hopefully one day you will see fit to do so. So until next week, maybe you shouldn't crucify anybody because they weren't able to uh, actually make a free and conscious decision on their own. <laughs> uh, and if you leave a review, you can actually get your medications from the pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> Rate the show five times a day toward abortion. <laughs> <laughs> there are more intersex Americans than there are Mormons. Hmm. I was going to try to say, like, that's intersecting instead of interesting, but then it didn't make sense in my head. Or out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense either way. That's why I thought I would tell you. It doesn't make sense. Now I'm confused like that pasture was. Like Wait. that pasture was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that pasture churned out to be confused. Hey. <laughs> Don't make fun of my Wisconsin. I didn't think a pasture could get confused. <laughs> I couldn't think. I, I couldn't, couldn't think of. <sighs> I couldn't thunk it.